We are Spry, a group of remote digital marketers who want you to succeed beyond your wildest dreams. Our curiosity drives us to constant learning, and that learning leads to constant teaching. So come along with us on the Spry Space podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and do it all wherever we want. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spry Space podcast. I'm Lacey, and today I have the wonderful Miss Jessica with me. Hey, everyone. So all month long at Spry, we are talking about strategic social media. Last week, we talked about building out really good marketing personas and establishing your brand tone. What are we talking about this week, Jessica? Yeah, so this week we're talking about choosing a platform. Okay, so when we say platform, what do we mean? We mean typically a social media platform. So, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, all of those major social media platforms, choosing which one that you should be on for your business. You mean I don't have to be on every single one? You don't actually. (laughs) Okay. Okay, good. I can't wait to learn. So what do we start with when we're trying to pick a platform? Yeah. So the first thing that we start with is identifying your target audience. So it's super important to find a platform that your target audience is on. So you want to be very strategic. You know, you want to make sure you're being really, really effective with the platform that you're on reaching the right people. So identifying your target audience is really understanding your target audience, you know, looking at your customer base and really finding those nitty gritty details about your customers. Because once you have a solid understanding, kind of a persona of your target audience, that will help you find out where they hang out and which platform they would typically be on. So I shouldn't just pick my platform based on which one I like to do the most? (laughs) Correct. Okay, so that makes sense. So it it doesn't necessarily matter which platform you like to spend the most time on or that you feel the most comfortable in. It really has to do with actually finding the community of people who you're wanting to tap into. Exactly. And we actually just did a persona and tone meeting yesterday with a Spry client, but it's really it's really helpful when you can identify your target audience and really really understand how their brain works. Like, you know, you can start with the basics like what industry are they typically in? What job where do they live? You know, what are their internal and external problems? What are they motivated by? Like really getting into the nitty gritty because that will help you write really targeted content that just hits home and will be able to reach them and inspire them to take action. At Spry, we have a marketing persona named JT. And what's so fun when you actually create a character for these personas is that when you find those people in real life, it's like you're already expecting them, right? We got a lead. The JT that is the spry persona, he has a beard. He loves beer. He loves coffee. He loves outdoor activities. We got a lead a few weeks ago from someone whose initials are JT. He has a beard. He owns a coffee shop and a roastery. Like, And, and how fun was it when we were like, look, it's JT. <laughs> I know when you can get your persona down to an actual character and actually think of somebody like, you know, that is when you're making really good headway. Like that's when you've nailed it. They can be like a character. So 
you know, I'm glad we hit on it last week talking about building these great personas. So in order to pick your platform, you really do need to understand your target demographics. Yeah, absolutely. So the first step can be looking at your current customer base, but I was also going to say that it doesn't have to be limited to your current customer base. Cause let's say maybe you've worked with a client and you're like, I definitely do not want to work with that type of customer moving forward. So you can also use the strategy too, to be like, okay, I actually want to target this type of customer with this type of budget, with this type of personality in this industry. So you can use this to kind of create your ideal target audience and, you know, find out all that key information about them and then target them on the right platform. Yeah, usually, hopefully, you've got at least one client who you're like, yes, I would like 10 more of those. And that can kind of start as a way to build that persona. Exactly. And I will say it is helpful when you work with your not ideal customer, it can help you craft, you know, like, I want the opposite of of this customer, like all these opposite characteristics of this customer, (laughs) it can really help you build a picture of like the ideal customer. So it gives you a nice starting point. Yeah, that's a great point. So once you've figured out who your marketing personas are, what do you do next? So then you choose a platform that you know your target audience is going to be on. Okay. And how do I figure that out? You can start two ways. So the first way is doing more formal research on the demographics of each platform. So using that data that you've pulled from your customer base and your target audience, really understanding, okay, which platform, what are the age groups, what are the industries, what are the products on each of the platforms? And so that's kind of more formal research. And then the second part would be doing more informal research. So asking your customers, you know, which social media platform are you on these days? Maybe sending a survey or having a casual conversation just to find out where your customers are hanging out. One thing that I would recommend that I've done a few times too is if there is a competitor or a brand that's somewhat similar, who is already fairly established, who has a similar persona to you, looking at which channels they have the largest communities on, you know, are they much more active and successful on Instagram? Are they more successful on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn? And just doing a little bit of that competitor research can really be beneficial too. Yes, I love that. Yes, it's always really, really beneficial to keep a pulse on your competitors, see what they're doing, see what platforms they're doing, because ultimately you'll probably have similar customers anyway. So it's it's really nice to just keep a pulse on your competitors. Okay, so shall we talk high level about who is on each type of channel? Yes. Okay, let's talk about Facebook for a second. So Facebook there's not a really big male-female differential. It's fairly evenly split on Facebook. But basically, anybody over 40 is going to be on Facebook. Have you seen this? I would 100% agree, yes. Yeah, so if your marketing persona is over 40, having a presence on Facebook is a very good option for you. Now we've got Instagram. So Instagram is a bit more female-dominated, and that 20 to 40 age range is a really, really good age range for Instagram. I would agree. I would also say that I think it could probably go up to maybe 50, even 60 potentially. I know like parents now are moving from Facebook to Instagram, so I think that age range could go up you know, potentially. You know what I've found is people who are over 40 who are on Instagram, they only know how to see the feed posts. They don't engage with stories because they don't understand it yet. 100% agree. (laughs) 
Okay, so then on Twitter, there's a little bit more of a male-dominated demographic there with kind of the 25 to 50 age range. So, you know, um, if you're looking for a male in their 30s, they're probably going to be on Twitter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, and then LinkedIn is a great platform for anybody who is business to business. Age range, we're thinking about 25 and up. And then honestly, if your target demographic or your marketing persona is a specific career, you know, if they're a specific profession, then LinkedIn can be a great place for you too, because you can target based on profession. Yes. And the other platform I was going to mention too is TikTok. And I was curious, Lacey, what are your thoughts on for a business? Should they be on TikTok or do you think they should keep that for more personal? Okay. So for TikTok, for business, right now, I'm not putting it on my list of recommendations for business owners to actually be putting good effort into marketing on TikTok. It's such a new platform that it's difficult to understand exactly how you can monetize it in a way that builds community for small business. So it's really fun to play on. The thing that I recommend for everybody right now is that they start creating a, an account and start just researching what the platform is like, what kind of businesses are present there right now. But there's no way that I understand yet to use it for a small business to build your community in a way that is going to translate into you making more sales yet. So yes, that kind of reminds me of Snapchat too, because yes. I feel like Snapchat never... Maybe there was ads at some point, but I feel like Snapchat was also very similar. It was like, it's should we be, as a business, should we be on Snapchat? And it seemed like it never really took off from a business point of view. Do you agree with that? Yeah, and I wonder if part of that is both TikTok and Snapchat have a younger audience, right? And so they yes. don't have as much buying power. And if it stays in that younger audience, then it, you know, stays without buying power. And so there's not really a place for small businesses to get a big return from the investment that it takes to build a community there. Yeah, I would 100% agree. Do you know if there's a lot of advertising yet on TikTok? Because I was going to say from like potentially advertising, it could be a good way to reach that demographic. I know a lot of it is going through just influencer work, right? Oh, if okay. there's somebody yeah. with large amount of following, then companies are sponsoring them or giving them their products and paying them for that kind of thing. But I think you're probably right. It's not monetized to the point that it's very easy for a business to go in and say, here's who I want to do an ad to just boost my content. So we'll see how it goes. I'm on the pulse of it right now, but haven't been to a place where I would say, hey, business owner XYZ, you need to be there in order to you know, be successful in the next five years. Yeah, I feel like businesses could just do Instagram stories if they wanted to share kind of behind the scenes and just be very authentic and transparent, which is what you would get, you know, doing more TikTok videos. I feel like people could just be on Instagram stories for that. Yeah, I mean, if you had a product that was specifically targeted at the audience that was like 13 to 20, yeah, that might be a different story. I might recommend that you really deep dive into that one platform, but mm -hmm. that's that's probably the only way that I would recommend it at this point. Yeah, definitely. Okay, Jessica, can I give you a pop quiz real quick? Yes, let's do it. Okay, here are the rules of the pop quiz. I am going to state a type of product or service, and I want you to tell me which platforms would be best to be present on. All right. Okay, number one, gourmet trail mix. Ooh, definitely Instagram. 
for sure. And then Facebook as well. Okay, so give me your rationale for Instagram and Facebook for Gourmet Trail Mix. Yes, so with Trail Mix, it's very visual and you can get a lot of user-generated content. So I would say Instagram because you can have people taking pictures of uh, the Trail Mix and tagging your account and then you can repost them on your stories. And then also just the influencer marketing is really big on Instagram and that's a great way to get your product in front of more people. Beautiful, and why Facebook? Facebook, I feel like to hit a different segment of your audience, because everybody loves trail mix, so you want to hit different segments if you have multiple personas. So I think it's still, you should still also be on Facebook because you want to reach that little bit older demographic. Beautiful. And I could see content that they might push out like, you know, 10 best places to eat our trail mix, you know, and it like shows these trails that you could take and that kind of thing. Oh, definitely. Okay. Next one carpet cleaner. I would say Facebook. I agree. I was interested to see what you would say on it. So what's our rationale for Facebook for a carpet cleaner? Carpet cleaner, I would assume is purchased by probably an older demographic. People who are owning houses, probably, you know, the generation above millennials typically. So I would say Facebook just because it's an older demographic. And I feel like With mixed gender, it could be both. I would probably imagine maybe it's more that product's more specific to men. But I think, you know, you never know with both genders on Facebook. And I would say, too, it's like they might have an audience on Instagram for a carpet cleaner. But what kind of content could you do on a regular basis on Instagram? You know, you're cleaning carpets all day long, (laughs) like before, after, before, after. It would get boring after a while. It's Yeah. And it's not like you could have customers like tag your photo in a dirty carpet picture. You probably wouldn't want that. Okay. What about shoes made of recycled material? Ooh, I would say Instagram, probably Instagram and Facebook. I would like that. I would say you might even be able to be Twitter on that. Yeah. 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 Same. I think that, you know, it's a shoe, so it's very visual. It's a product. So that's great for Instagram and then, you know, influencer marketing and then also just user generated content as well. And then I think, yeah, the recycled space and the recycled products is very popular right now. So I feel like utilizing those hashtags on Twitter is a great way to go. Okay. What about a nonprofit? Ooh, what kind of nonprofit? Let's say it is a nonprofit that raises money for a local school district? Yeah, I would say LinkedIn. You would want to be kind of more approaching, not consumers, but more B2B. So I feel like LinkedIn would be a great way to just professionally represent yourself and get the interest of companies and schools who would want to be interested in you. I like that quite a bit. I think, you know, your main charitable contributors are business owners and people who are more in the professional field. I would argue that you would probably do Facebook as well because you would probably be communicating to, as opposed to the donors who you'd be communicating to on LinkedIn, you might be communicating to the recipients on Facebook, right? The parents of the kids who are in the school districts and who are, you know, being informed about what the nonprofit is actually doing for their schools and their students. That's on Facebook. Yes. I I really like that addition. Okay. Any more? You have any you want to give me? I I feel like we did pretty good. I think so too. Okay. 
Okay, so let's sum it up. So if we are choosing platforms, what are the things that are helping us make our decisions? Yeah, so first and foremost, really identifying and knowing your target audience, really knowing everything about them. And then also choosing a platform that you know for sure that your target audience is going to be on. And what's a proper number of platforms? Like if I don't need to be on all of them, do I just focus on one? What's the correct number? I would say three, like two to three is good. You know, I'm a big fan of doubling down on fewer, you know, on a couple platforms, just getting really, really good, being very, very engaged versus kind of half-assing it across a bunch of different platforms. So I think, you know, two to three is a really good number. I agree. We at Spry almost entirely focus on Facebook and Instagram. You know, we've got quite a few clients who are on LinkedIn and and Twitter as well, Pinterest as well. But Facebook and Instagram is kind of where we sit a lot because there's a lot of buying power in that, you know, 20 to 50 age range. Yes. And the other thing we do too is we write content specific to the different demographics. So our posts on Instagram are going to look a little bit different than our posts on Facebook, which helps us reach our target audience more effectively. Oh, that's such a good point to tie in at the end here. Like we've got post prompts that we put on, right? And so, you know, you you go in to put your Instagram post in and the little prompt says, this is written primarily to the audience called Brit. You know, here's how old Brit is. Here's what she cares about so that we have that in mind every single time we're creating a piece of content on a specific platform. Yes, exactly. What I want to kind of close with is let's say you're on two to three platforms, create specific messages for each platform, right? Do not just post one piece of content and have it post exactly the same from Instagram to Facebook. You're just missing out on so much if you do it that way. And I feel like with some clients, you're going to get the same followers on Facebook and Instagram. So if they see that you're just posting the same exact post on the same exact day, they're going to get bored and you're, you don't want to lose followers that way too. So it keeps it fresh and interesting. Even if you tweak it slightly, add a couple emojis, like it just keeps it fresh. And I think it's a really good look for your company. I agree. Okay, great job. So at the end of every Spry Space podcast episode, we like to talk about somewhere interesting where we've been working lately. Jessica, apparently you've been pretty boring lately, so you don't have... I've, I've been really boring. I wish I had somewhere better to work, but it sounds like you have somewhere interesting that you've been working. Yes. As we're getting done today, I'm going to be driving about eight hours. And so like a very responsible car owner, I went and got my oil changed, got all my fluids changed or not changed, but you know, whatever they do with the fluids, I don't know. (laughs) But it was kind of a line. There was like three cars in front of me. So it was like a 40 minute wait. So I just busted out my hotspot and like wrote a few posts, looked at some analytics to prep for some new posts and got that done in the car while they were working on my oil change. I love it. It's so efficient. I had to do it. I I had to do it or else I wouldn't have gotten everything done before I had to go too. Okay, so if you enjoyed this content and you want to hear more from us, where can you find us? You can find us at thinkspry.com and we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all the social media platforms at thinkspry. Wonderful. And we would love to invite you into the Spry Space Facebook group where we've got a group of social media managers and people who manage social media accounts where we are troubleshooting, brainstorming, and just basically supporting each other. 
Do you like it in there? Have you spent a lot of time in Spryspace yet? I have. I love Spryspace. It's so nice. I feel like you can just ask a random question and everybody chimes in with answers and comments. And it's just a really supportive group. I really, really like it. Okay. Well, we are so grateful for everybody spending their time with us this afternoon, morning, evening, whenever you're listening. Um, We hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day and we hope that you keep learning. Yes. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.